Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in for a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. And welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm your host, John Hendricks, alongside Terrence Copper. Man, Terrence, we missed you last week, but uh, first of all, hope you're doing better. And, you know, how's things going for you, man? Uh, yeah, I, I miss y'all as well. Uh, I'm doing a lot better. I had a little uh, head cold, you know, so luckily, luckily it wasn't anything too severe. Uh, but, yeah, I'm doing good, ready to be back on. Yeah, man. No, I feel you. I've been dealing with the past couple of days, too. So I, I don't know. It's allergies down here in the South. So it's kind of crazy when it hits. But yeah. you know how it goes. You know how it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, man, let, let's let's hop into it. man. you know, Saints, uh, they came off the disappointing loss to the Giants. Then they had mm-hmm. Washington on the road. Um, you know, this game, they were able to come in. I, I said immediately it was a hard fought win, if you will. And, you know, obviously yep. it wasn't going to come easy, but. You know, let's talk about your initial thoughts on this game. You know, I feel like we did everything we needed to do to fight that full game. And when I say that, I mean, offense, they made plays when they had to make plays late in the game, uh, during the game. The defense, even though we gave up some yards, we was giving up some plays as well, but they made stops, key stops when they needed to make them. Special teams, when it comes to the punt team, made huge punts inside the five-yard line when it needed to be made. So everybody was stepping up on all three phases and making plays when things need to get made. Yeah. I, I, I would say let's start special teams. That's, that's a shame that Blake Gilligan didn't win special teams player of the week. You know, again, uh, a guy, no disrespect yes. to the guy that won it, but you know, he had a block punt and a couple of special team tackles, but I mean, anytime you can pin your opponent inside the 10 and more specifically inside the three, uh, yes. <laughs> three times in a game, you know, two three. of them were because of Gillikin and the other one because of outstanding, you know, gunner coverage by, by Ty Montgomery being able to down the ball. But man, that mm-hmm. is just tremendous. And, and I know a lot of players or not players but specifically, but fans don't understand just the, the importance of special teams, but you know, what, what does that do for a team when you're able to just flip the field like that? I mean, and what goes into all of the timing and, and such as a player when you're trying to down punts like that? You, you know what? Uh, the first thing um, fans would really have to realize is punting is not always a bad thing because when you're, when you're punting, yeah, you haven't scored. Of course, uh, best case scenario, you want to score a touchdown or a field goal. But when you punt the ball, at least it's not a turnover. And when you're punting the ball, you're actually punting the ball and you're putting their offense in a compromised situation, especially if you can punt inside the 10-yard line or inside the five-yard line like we did a few times last game. That makes their offense have to travel the long way. And then sometimes you can use that as an advantage because now if you can get a team backed up with the with some great punts inside the five, inside a 10-yard line, a lot of times 
that offensive team that you're that's that's out in the field now, the offensive coordinator play call has to change. He can't call certain plays because it could easily be a safety, or if they get a holding in the end zone, it could be a safety as well. So he got to play it real safe and play real vanilla, just trying to get room enough. If they can't get a first down, just having enough room so they can punt the ball back to us. And then when they do punt the ball back to us, now we got great field rank. We got a great field position because usually you're going to get around the 50-yard line or even on their side of the field because of it all started off with that first punt that you downed them inside the, inside the five-yard line. So having a great punt team can really change, change the momentum of the game. Uh, it takes a lot when it comes to that. Everybody have a job to do, even the gunners. On the outside, the punter, he used, he's usually punting the ball at a certain angle. You rarely you rarely see a punter punt the ball in the middle of the field. He's either going to punt it to the left or he's going to punt it to the right. And the coverage is set on the direction that he's punting it. You know, so as a lot goes into to punt coverage and, and for a punter as well. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and look, one of those led to PJ Williams interception, and then obviously the other one led to a return by Deontay Harris, where he got it up the middle and was able to have a good return. And you know, I, mm -hmm. I joked about it, and we'll go into the hail mary, right? Because uh, <laughs> I, I poke fun at you because Sean talked about it after game and mentioned you, but you know, so one of them get the return. I'm like, okay, well, you got eight seconds left. That's plenty of time for Sean, you know, to call something to the sidelines, get a field yep. goal. Obviously, you found out later that Cody Parkey was dealing with the injury, and and you know, it didn't sound like that was a thing. Mm -hmm. But Sean said, hey. I had two Hail Mary plays in call, you know, in, in, uh, in mind. And he talked about the play in Atlanta talking about, you know, mm -hmm. that you obviously came down with that play and he's talking about, he said, you know, <laughs> when you come out after someone completes a Hail Mary against your team, then he says, please welcome Sugarland." So he thought about, <laughs> you know, halftime entertainment and talking about the Hail Mary, but look, I, you know, Washington said after that game that they weren't really ready for it, but how could you not be ready? And then talk about, you know, responsibilities on a Hail Mary. Callaway said that, you know, his job is to be the tip guy, but, you know, talk about that play in Atlanta and then talk about, you know, what, what Sean was trying to emphasize <laughs> there. So, so when it comes to a Hail Mary, uh, a lot of people may think a Hail Mary is okay. Like a backyard play where you just throwing it up and just hoping that somebody catch it. And honestly, I mean, it's a little bit of that in there, but there is very formatted. Uh, so more than likely, you're going to have three receivers to one side. You're going to have one receiver to the opposite side. You're going to have a running back in the backfield. Everybody has a responsibility out of those five guys. And what's going to happen is you're always going to have a guy that's going to be the jump guy. And when I say the jump guy, he's going to be the guy that's going to go up there and try to make the catch. If you don't make the catch, it's going to get tipped. So everybody is forming a box around that guy. So we're not just running down there mingled up trying to hope the ball just coming. We just jump up and try to oh, try to catch it. 
No, everybody have a position. So the jump guy's going to be in the middle. Once he get down in the end zone, he's in the middle. You're going to have another guy to the left of him in the back. You have another guy to the right of him in the back. Then you have another guy in front of him to the left and another guy in front of him to the right. So that forms a box around him. And what happens is he is the jumper. He is the guy that's going to jump up and either try to catch it. If he don't catch it, he's trying to tip it. And the four guys that has formed this box around him are ready for the deflection. That's what, that's all we waiting on, waiting for the deflection. So uh, we're, our anticipation is up. We're looking for that ball to get tipped. And on the flip side of that, the defense, their job is not to tip it. They're defensively, they're always taught never try to catch the ball as a defensive back. Your job is to bat it down. That is all they're trying to do. They're not trying to catch it. Their job is to bat it down. And luckily, the Redskins didn't do a good job on their end. And our guy went up and just caught it. He didn't even have to tip it. He just went up and caught it. And that was kind of the same way it went when I was in when I was in New Orleans and we played the Falcons. I didn't have to tip it. Like I just kind of jumped up and it, it almost looked like Drew Brees just threw it directly to me and because it was so easy of a catch because there really was nobody jumping up to bat it down. So that is how a jump ball goes. It's very formatted. It's not just we're just running down there hoping something happens. We're actually in positions waiting for this ball to get tipped or just waiting to go catch it. Yeah, and, and look, they said after the game, it was Callaway, he just talks about the practice that goes into it. You know, it's a situation where, you know, one week they just practice offensively on doing those and then defensively is the next week and such. So it's just one of those yep. – and I remember being at training camp, and I know Sean had talked a lot about, like, not talked, but, you know, in, in certain practices, he talked about 911 situations, mm -hmm. things that come up that are not typical during the game. And so, again, all the attention to details matters. And that was such a huge momentum swing because, you know, you're tied at 13 at that point. Um, you know, Parkey had missed an extra point, And then suddenly Washington was, was doing a lot of good things offensively, but, you know, for mm -hmm. them to, to yield that, I mean, it's kind of a momentum crusher, if you will. And so it's just, you know, it set the tone. It was a big play. Um, and, and honestly, when you look at the course of this game, the same characteristics stand out about the Saints is that, you know, Winston had a good game. Kamara got it going on the ground. They got him involved in the passing game. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, you take away – the turnover, which, you know, you look at some of the film and, and it looked like Andres Pete might've stepped on Winston's foot. And, you know, again, that's, that's an unfortunate play, but then you have the other play where Winston fumbles and, you know, look for me, it's, it's so much is made and over magnified, if you will, of Winston when he turns the ball over. And I, I think people got to stop doing that, man. It's just that, you know, and especially cause I, I put something out there that it was comparing Drew's first year. And maybe you can talk about a little bit on, on this, that Drew's first year, first five games, weren't so great in the stat column, but you know, what was it about drew that first time with Peyton getting used to the offense and just trying to figure things out? Like, what are some things that you remember from that? Uh, one thing I remember about drew is drew just worked his butt off. Uh, him and coach Peyton was those guys was tied at the hip. They was always talking. They was always communicating, uh, always in the film room. The guys, they're, 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 they're early. They're, they're, they're late just continue to work on this game and continue to figure out this offense. And Coach Payton, one thing about Coach Payton, he's always going to put his players in the best position to be successful. And truthfully, that's, that is the job of a coach, is to put your teammates in the best position possible to be successful. And that's one thing Coach Payton always did. He always based that offense around, okay, what can Drew do well? Uh, how can I help him 
in certain situations to be successful and to help the team to be successful. You know, so just the fact with Drew just continue to grow, him and Coach Payton relationship continue to grow. And it's the same thing with with uh, with Winston. He has to continue to grow. Uh, Coach Payton has to continue to see what's, what's the best way to go about uh, helping him succeed and be in uh, good positions. And he's doing a great job with it. I think uh, we're figuring out the best way to help Winston is to keep him out of a lot of situations where he just have to throw 50, 50 balls a game. Uh, let's get the run game going. Let's get Kamara going. Kamara is, is Winston probably best, is his best chance of being successful is just to get the run game going. And then everything else, when it comes to the shots downfield, which we saw in the last game when he played the Redskins, he was able to hit some deep balls downfield and get some touchdowns because of the run game, the play-action game. Uh, that is where Winston succeeds at in the play-action game and, and throwing that deep ball. And he did a great job with it. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of trust that, that Winston has said so vocally about Peyton as a play caller and, and such. And, you know, some people have asked about, you know, hey, what do you say to Jameis after these turnovers? And Sean's like, well, there's no kumbaya movement. We're going. And he says, the clock's going. There's no sit down. You know, talking about and there's no time for all that. And, and again, I think it rubs people the wrong way in some aspects. But, you know, at the same time, Winston's a veteran. He's a professional. Right. And so is Sean. And, and again, there's a trust there. And again, it's a, a thing in the NFL, I think, where you try to put stuff like that behind you and you're only trying to look at film on the sidelines with the surface tablets, all that craziness and just try to learn mm -hmm. and go out and do things that are better. And so, I mean, you got to have a short term memory, but, you know, as a coach, when you make or as a player too, when stuff like that happens, whether it's a, a drop ball or a missed pick or a, a turnover, I mean, you know, what is, what is a sideline look like and what are you looking for from a, a coach or, I mean, is it just one of those where you just kind of have to put that stuff behind you and then say, okay, I just got to go execute on the next one. I mean, it sounds simple on the surface, but what goes into that from a psychological standpoint, you know, when you're on the sideline. So First of all, anytime you turn the ball over, regardless if it's a quarterback throwing a pick, a running back fumbling the ball, or a receiver tipping the ball up and getting intercepted, that walk back to the sideline is so long. It's so long to the sideline because you're <laughs> thinking to yourself, oh, my God, I just turned this ball over. I'm about to get cussed out. My teammates can be looking at me crazy. You know, so that's the first thing that goes in your mind. You're thinking about how you just let the team down. That's, that's what's going through your mind the first, first off. But once you get to the sideline, like I said, with Coach Payton, the fact that he's the office, he's really the office coordinator calling the plays, he don't have a lot of time to, to just sit down and like it's a meeting. Of course, he's going to – trust me, Winston probably get fussed out on the sideline. He probably does. Anybody that turns the ball over, not just the quarterback position, because that football is so valuable to a team's success. And, and if you look a little deeper in it, that ball is the key to everybody's job because when you're turning the ball over, guess what? You lose games when you turn, when you turn the ball over, you lose games. And when you're losing games, guess what? Somebody got to take the blame for it. And if it, if it continues to happen now, jobs get start to get, people start to get fired, whether it's players or whether it's coaches, you know? So that's why turnovers are so crucial when it comes to the success of a team and the success of an overall organization, because in the long run, turnovers hurt you and turnovers ultimately get guys' jobs taken away. Uh, you know, so that's why turnovers are very important not to have, but also during the game, 
of course, you're going to get scolded and you're going to get busted out a little bit or you're going to get some some stuff said to you. But at the end of the day, you got to move past it because you got to go right back out there and perform. And you don't want that hanging over your head and you're out there playing uh, kind of timid because you just turned the ball over. You're going to play uh, more cautious. And when I say play more cautious, you're going to play to where, OK, I got to hold into this ball and make better decisions. But you can't go out there in an NFL game and playing timid because more than likely it's going to happen again or you're not going to be successful. So it's only but so much you can say to to a player and definitely a quarterback because a quarterback has so much going on in his head. Of course, it got to be addressed, but you do all those things uh, once we get back and start watching film on Monday, not so much on the game field. Of course, he's, he's going to have some things said to him, but you don't really get into it so much until the next day in the film room. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, again, that's just going to be key. And, and everybody's got to remember, it's just five games in. They got the bye week this week, and they got a lot of, of, of players that are going to be coming back. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, just through a course of the game, I think they've done a good job of, of handling that. You know, I, I guess people are waiting for it to be, oh, man, there's that explosion moment on the sideline. It's going to happen. Or that never happened with Drew, which I, I know is not true, right? And obviously – just all these things that get magnified, right? Because it's just unfamiliar territory without that's all Saints fans have known for 15 years is Drew being under center, leading this team, and it wasn't always perfect and, and things along that lines. But you know, it's it's only gonna get better. And and you gotta remember too, is that Winston's playing for his next contract. It's not like he's coming out here trying to sabotage. I mean, nobody's trying to do that. He's trying to win football games, he's trying to be that guy. He's trying to be the best version of himself, like you said, in March. And again, it's it's unfair, I think, in some aspects that, hey, you're always going to be stacked up to Drew and, and what he does. And I and look, you ask Jameis, you ask Sean, you ask Pete Carmichael, you ask Curtis Johnson, you ask all those guys on the offensive side of the ball. There is so much room for opportunity. And as for a team, especially facing a 17-game season, and just when you deal with stuff like this early on, I mean, what does a progression and, and a relationship look like when you're trying to fix these things? And, you know, what do you see from a player's perspective? Is it more film study? Is it more let's lean on what the coaches say and what they see? I mean, what does that look like when you're trying to grow and progress through a, a season like this? Well, the, the first thing I like when I was watching the game uh, in all the games that I watched, when Winston has a turnover or he's or he have a series where he doesn't do as well, I love the fact that I see Coach Payton getting on him when he's coming off the field. Now, he don't stay on him and harp on it for a long time, but I love the way that he gets on him uh, because Winston is not there yet. Now, did I see that a lot with Drew? I didn't see that a lot with Drew uh, because Drew was at a different place than where Winston is at right now. You know, Drew, Drew – Put it this way, Drew was, I'm not going to say Drew was at the top of his game, but Drew was at a certain, he was at a certain level to where that Coach Payton really didn't have to say too much to him because he under, because Drew understood where he went wrong if he made a mistake. And and it wasn't really till later in Drew's in Drew's career, career, Drew really didn't throw a lot of picks. He threw some picks, but if Drew threw a pick, it was like, oh, what just happened? It wasn't normal. You know, it wasn't normal to see Drew throw Drew throw picks. But when he did, I mean, him and Coach Pate may say, may have a word, or they may go sit down and look at the film, but it really wasn't a lot of arguing at Drew. You didn't see that a lot from Coach Pate. Now, did he get coached like that maybe in practice or in the film room? Yes, he probably did. 
but you didn't see a lot of that on the sideline during the game, the way it's going with Winston. But I love the fact he's doing this with Winston because Winston is not there. And in order for him to get Winston to plan, at, or you don't want to compare quarterbacks, but if you want to get him playing at a Drew Brees level, you got to coach him like that because you can't coach him the same way you coach Drew Brees because Drew Brees is a, is a Hall of Famer. And Drew Brees know what he's doing. Drew Brees is in that offense for a little while. So you can't coach him the same way you coach Drew Brees. He has to continue to to elevate his game the way Drew Brees did. And the only way to do that, Coach Payton has to continue to get on him until he gets to that level. You know, and then maybe the coaching can kind of change. But the way the way you combat when when you have turnovers and different things like you just got to continue to be in the film room. Continue to look at the details of of the plays that's going on that the coach Payton is calling, understanding the coverages that's going on. It's just really understanding everything a lot better and and just continue just to develop. That is that is the way that you overcome those penalties and you overcome those those things that that's allowing you to get the throw these interceptions. And then when it's game time, you have to really just settle down when during the games and make the right reads and make the right read. And if the read is not there, throw it away. It's okay to throw the ball away. Yeah, you know, it's okay to take to a sack. Exactly. You know, you know, so th- those are the keys. Yep, those are the keys. Absolutely. And then you flip the side of the ball. I mean, you know, Washington had this this the game, uh, the possession over half of the game. I mean, 36 minutes, you know. I mean, that's mm-hmm. crazy. They ran 76 offensive plays. They averaged only 4.9 in play. And, you know, I think going into this game was what Sean had talked about. I mean, they executed what he he wanted to deal with, right? He, he singled out J.D. McKissick, you know, being so talented in the receiving department. He only had one catch for eight yards, four yes. targets. And Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, an explosive player, going up against Marshawn Lattimore, 11 targets, four catches, 46 yards. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore had six pass breakups. I mean, that's crazy. He had and, half. And some – and some of the catches that he had on Lattimore, it was during zone coverage. It wasn't man-to-man. Mm. You know, so he Lattimore really shut him down. He really did. Well, it's, 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 explain that for me for a minute, because just for fans that don't understand, when you're looking at man versus zone coverage, what's the difference between the way the corners play and the receivers play? I mean, you know, break it down just a little. What is the difference? Because people hear that a lot, but I know they don't understand it, right? So so let's let's talk about man-to-man. So – Man-to-man is that corner. Let's take Lattimore, for instance. He's going to be pressed up on this guy man-to-man. If the, if the receiver goes in motion before the ball is snapped, he's going to travel with him. Wherever that receiver goes, that's exactly where he's going. He's on him man-to-man. He's not worrying about any other receivers. He's just focused on this receiver right here. This is my guy. I'm not going to allow him to catch the ball. That is man-to-man. When we talk about zone, when I say a couple of those catches he had was during zone defenses, let's begin, again, let's talk about Lattimore. He's not necessarily playing a man unless that man is in his area because during zone, everybody have a zone they have to play. Everybody have an area they're playing, not necessarily they're playing man-to-man. They have an area. Now, if a guy comes into his area, then he picks him up and he's playing him. But if he goes out of his area, then he lets him go. And then the next person picks him up, whoever zone he goes into. So that's why I say a couple of his catches wasn't against man-to-man. It was versus zone. And receivers, it's tough. It's easier for a receiver 
to find that hole, especially if you're a good receiver. It's easier for him to find that hole in the defense during a zone play, a zone defensive play, to get a catch compared to man-to-man where you're fighting with this corner the entire route. You know, so that is the difference between man-to-man and, and zone. Yeah, and look, Lattimore wanted – I mean, he's a player, you know, he wants that smoke, right? He wanted to go against Terry McLaurin because of their Ohio State days and such. But, look, mm-hmm. and I think the biggest thing is that they were able to rebound from what happened against the Giants is, you know, the explosive plays. And, then you know, I say it all the time. It's the bend, don't break mentality. And they say it too. It's three, not seven, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. making sure. And you can give up some of the plays. You can give up going the length of the field. But when it matters most – are you getting off the field? Are you forcing the field goal attempt? Because you know those aren't automatic. I mean, there was a day maybe yep. they were, but, you know, I mean, it's it's huge when you can do that. And defensively, I thought, you know, the run game was good. I mean, they shut down Gibson, 20 carries, 60 yards. I mean, three yards a carry. I mean, he had two scores. He had long as 16. But, you know, there's so many things. And, and their passer, Taylor Heineke, I mean, he missed 21 of his passes, didn't have a touchdown pass. He was picked off twice. I mean, those are the types mm-hmm. of things that you want to see. And, and I think this is the Saints team, right, is that we've seen the best of them. We've seen the worst of them. We've seen the in-between. So you got the good stuff against, the, you know, the Packers in week one. Then when you have week two against the Panthers, I mean, that was unprecedented. They didn't have all their coaches. And you and I talked about that in a pod saying that, hey, that mattered, that they're not having the coaches, but they're also not making excuses then they bounce back, then they lose, and they bounce back again. So I don't want to say – I said Jekyll and Hyde. I don't want to say that that's totally them. But at the same time, they got a, play, a lot of players that are missing that are coming back. I mean, so, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we'll ask the question. It's week six. They're on a bye week. I mean, what does that do for you mentally? And if you're on a bye week and just got a chance to refocus and then they're going to get healthy, what do you expect out of this team on the back half? You know what? The bye week is, is a great time. Uh, and the reason why I say a bye week is a good time to have a bye week. You don't really want a bye week too early in the season. And I kind of – I don't – I think week six is is a good time for a bye week. But, of course, to me, the best time to have a bye week is right halfway of the season, around about week eight, uh, week nine, Uh that is the perfect time to have a bye week because sometimes, you know, you don't want that bye week to come so early because you're rolling as a team. Not saying the Saints wasn't looking forward to it, but sometimes when teams are playing so well, you don't want a bye week early in the season because now you're like, man, it's going to mess our momentum up. You know, we want to just continue to play because we're playing good football right now. But then you have times where, uh, like with the Saints, you have guys injured that you want that bye week, you need that bye week to come. So now it'll give you an extra week to get these guys healthy. Uh, anybody that got any uh, nicks and bruises, they can get healthy. You can work on certain things that maybe you wouldn't have the time to work on things. And when I say work on things, I'm talking about back to the details, back to the fundamental things that you kind of get away from during the course of the week because you're game planning so much, you're preparing yourself for the next team. Well, during your bye week, of course, you're going to have that extra time to game plan, but you also can get back to the fundamentals of football. And this bye week is going to be great for Winston because now he can get back to the fundamentals of playing the quarterback position. And, and one thing we talked about earlier when we was talking about how, you know, Winston is always going to get compared to Drew Brees. I kind of put it the same instance. The, the way Winston can kind of stop that comparison when it comes to Drew Brees and just kind of take over this team and have his own era uh, with the Saints, it's the same way I looked at it with uh, with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. If you look at if you look at things now, 
you really forget about that Brett Favre played for the Green Bay Packers, and he's a Hall of Famer, uh, used to be a Hall of Famer playing for the Green Bay Packers. You forget about that because Aaron Rodgers has really came about, and he's won games, he's won a Super Bowl, you know, so he's played to the point to where you kind of forget about uh, Brett Favre. Not saying you forget about all the great things he's, that he's done, but you understand that this is Aaron Rodgers' team now. You know, we're not worrying about Brett Favre. We're not even comparing him to Brett Favre anymore. And that's the same thing that's going to happen with Winston. If he continues to develop and continue to play good, you never, you're never going to forget about Drew Brees because Drew Brees, oh, my goodness, was amazing in New Orleans, not just for the football program, but for the city, for the town, you know, for, for Louisiana, the state of Louisiana. You know, so you're never going to forget about a Drew Brees. But if Winston can start can start winning games and start winning big games, you know, now he begins to take over the New Orleans Saints and he's not getting that comparison anymore when it comes to a Drew Brees. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I, I know in some subconscious level, maybe that's what you think. But again, I, I looked at and we talked about it before. But I, again, I looked at, you know, when Winston came in as a free agent. I remember the first press conference we had with him and man, I just saw so many different, uh, just a different mentality, different mannerism from this guy than what he was at Tampa. And I mean, you know, and again, I think he's matured a lot as a football player, right. As a person, you know, I don't think it's by coincidence, but you know, being so humble, being so passionate, I mean, he's got the characteristics that you want in a quarterback, right. And as a face of the franchise type guy and, you know, look, he's got a lot, of critics on his side, you know, and again, whether it's fair or unfair, I think he's done a good job, you know, 12 touchdown passes. It's a starting NFL. He's tied, you know, Matt Stafford and such. I mean, it's, there's something to do yeah. it. And, you know, again, the end result is what people care about. Right. And the fact is mm-hmm. this team could be four and one, but they're three and two. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think they're still being slept on a good bit. I think that defense is going to carry them a long way, but look, you get back Michael Thomas, you get back, key pieces in your offensive line and Armstead and McCoy, you got things that play to your favor, like playing up in Seattle without Russell Wilson. I mean, that's huge, you know, I mean, and yes. it's unfortunate because you want the luster of having Russell Wilson and, and such, but I think it bodes well. And, and, you know, they've been on the road a lot more this year than they have at home. And uh, you know, their next home games in Halloween against the bucks and uh, they're going to back half of the season. They're going to have a lot more of those home games, but you know, I think it sets up where you can see this team really trying to find this identity and they can hit a midseason run. And, you know, if you're Sean Payton, you know, what do you say to this team and what do you do to continue to keep these guys focused and hungry? And, you know, you know, he's a master motivator. Right. And I mean, what Mm -hmm. would you would you think that he would do in this situation? I think I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, Continue to stay hungry. You know, don't get complacent, you know. Yeah, this team could be four and one, but with with three and two, you know, three and two is not bad. It could be worse. It could be worse. You you got a lot of teams out here that would that wish they was three and two at this point of the season, you know. So, you know, the season is still before them. You know, they still have the opportunity to achieve all their goals that they set forth. You know, so what Sean Payton is going to say is really just stay focused, stay focused. Let's stay locked in. Uh, let's continue to get better each practice. Let's get better each practice. And and when, when the bye week is over with, okay, let's go play again. Let's go see, let's go out there and and beat us, beat a Seattle team without 
a Russell Westbrook. And of course, like I said, to me, I know you hit on, like you say, you would, you would love to play against a guy like Russell Westbrook. Honestly, I'm glad he, I'm not gonna say I'm glad he's, he's put his, I'm not gonna say he's, I'm glad he's hurt, but I'm glad he's not playing this game. Uh, because at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook is a, is an amazing quarterback and no defense really wanted to face him if they didn't have to, if they didn't have to, you don't want to face this guy, you know, and, do we do we feel sorry for the fact he can't play? No, we don't because guess what? When our when our coaching staff, half our coaching staff couldn't be there, you know, when Thomas can't play, no team is feeling sorry for the Saints. They're not feeling sorry for it. It is it is what it is. You got to deal with it and and keep moving. And so it's the same thing with with Seahawks. You know, nobody feel trust me. Nobody feels bad that the Seahawks are going to be missing uh, Russell Wilson. Nobody but the Seahawks. I, I got a joke no, with you. You said Westbrook. <laughs> you got Lakers on the brain, man. No, I do. I mean, Wilson. <laughs> I, I got a message on that one. That's all good. No worries, man. No yeah. worries. Got to laugh, man. Got to laugh. But no, Lakers probably, I mean, they got that powerhouse over there. So we'll see what happens to them, too. <laughs> look, look, Westbrook is my favorite basketball player. So every time I keep talking about Russell, I keep thinking about Westbrook. <laughs> but I yeah. Wilson. <laughs> oh, it makes sense there. You you guys heard it first. You understand why my Terrence Copper is referring to Russell Westbrook as the quarterback of the Seahawks. So <laughs> oh my it's all good, though. It's all good. We got we've gotten tons of laughs, tons of good insight, man. Well, look, no football this weekend uh, yep. for Saints. You get to enjoy it a little bit, you know, after having some cardiac matchups. And we'll come back at you next week and, and talk a little bit about Seahawks. They're going to be playing on Monday night football. Um, you know, that'll be a fun one. I don't care who, you know who's playing quarterback into Geno Smith and or whatever. It's still going to be a tough game. It's a road game, it Monday good. night football. He looked, he looked good when he came in. Geno yeah. Smith looked yeah. good when he came in last week. Yep. And that's going to be a tough one. We'll have to preview him definitely and talk a little bit more. Well, Terrence, anything that you want to plug or talk about before we head out? Uh, not at all, man. Just continue to, to listen to Believe in Saints, uh, you know, continue to support and go Saints. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. Well, on behalf of Terrence Copper, I'm John Hendricks of Believe in Saints. Definitely check us out on Twitter at Believe Saints and then follow us, our pods, and check out the great work that we keep putting out on the network, man. But guys, we appreciate you tuning in, and you guys have a good week, and we'll talk at you next one. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube